The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. This is Take 4 Wrestling, Episode 9. I am Brian Kilby, and with me I have the man, the myth, the legend, the defender of virginity, the defender of children's virtue, (laughs) the defender of the American dream, J.T. Hogg. Oh! How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. I'm doing pretty good, especially uh, defending all those wonderful things. (laughs) You're like a hero. I try to be. Well, I have to be. I have to set example for all my Hulkamaniacs. So I, I mentioned the American Dream, and I have been obsessed with Dusty Rhodes for the last couple of weeks. Uh, in fact, bet- uh, before the show, I was showing you a picture, a picture of the WCW uh, ring that I have on display with uh, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes uh, facing off. But <laughs> I okay. One thing, I love my wife. But a lot of times I will do things just to annoy her. <laughs> I understand that. Like I, I do a podcast. Literally, I haven't well, I haven't posted it in a couple months. Uh, but I do a podcast mostly just to get on her nerves. And uh, I, I do voices on it and just because it drives her crazy. <laughs> but occasionally I'll go a little too far and it'll start driving me crazy. Case in point, uh, last week I decided that I was going to only speak to her in the voice of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> and it, she hated it so much. I mean, she likes Dusty Rhodes. But yeah. She hated it so much. And the thing is, I, occasionally I will slip into, if I, if I start doing that, especially a lot, I'll start slipping into the voice and I can't even help it. Uh, but it got so bad that I started dreaming that I was Dusty Rhodes <laughs> or that I was, Myself being Dusty Rhodes in real life, like at work, I was Dusty Rhodes, son of a plumber, uh, dressed up as Dusty Rhodes, but doing like my day job or that I was out (laughs) buying groceries (laughs) as me being Dusty Rhodes. It was really weird. And it actually a couple nights ago, it actually really got in the way of sleep. I kept waking up like, what the heck was that? Um, with all these weird, crazy dreams. Uh, but now, now basically I'm still dreaming about it, but I'm sort of into the groove. Uh, but like (laughs) I, I got into the hard times promo today (laughs) and, um, it was pretty great, but my wife, uh, occasionally now will look at me and say, are you an end boy? Are you an assassin? (laughs) That's sort of become a little joke between us <laughs> because that Dusty Rhodes promo where he was uh, trying to be Marlon Brando from Apocalypse Now. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes is great. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. You're you're uh, he's taken over your consciousness. Yes. Uh, and I would I would gladly be Dusty Rhodes if I could. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I may start slipping into it at work. He lived in the American dream. He, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, <laughs> so awesome. Can but, you can you take a Hanukkah? <laughs> no, sir, I can't. Good, because I can't give him. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And you got to wrestle him. That is so amazing. 
Yeah, that's definitely the highlight. That's a that's a highlight of my career being with in the ring with Dusty Rhodes. Because not too many people can say that. No, I only got to watch him wrestle once, and I hate it so much that I never got to see him wrestle anybody else. But he wrestled uh, Tully Blanchard. Oh well, if you're gonna see him only wrestle one person, that's probably a good one. It was good, yeah. It was uh, in one of uh, George South's uh, wrestling shows that he would put on here in Western North Carolina. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And if, <laughs> if I'm not wrong, he got color, even at his age. <laughs> yeah, his yeah he he was a color man, color commentator, and a color color wrestler. <sighs> so what's our uh, gimmick? Of the, well, actually, before I get into that, this week we are talking about <laughs> something actually very close to Dusty Rhodes, uh, which is WCW wrestling. That's guess, right. Uh, of course, uh, WCW was, pr- I mean, pretty much the uh, successor to Jim Crockett Promotions. And, of course, Dusty was heavily involved uh, at different periods of time. So we're going to talk yeah. about the first episode of Nitro. I say this is probably the first uh, what I consider actually pure WCW because uh, um, the one we watched before it was still WCW but it was still kind of Crockett uh, yeah definitely yeah this one's actually the pure WCW time Bischoff is running it all that yep so yeah I totally agree with that but before we get into that what's your gimmick of the week the gimmick of the week is a product of WCW um, which would be PN News do you remember him at all uh, I remember the name, but uh, when we were talking about this before, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking of C.W. Anderson. <laughs> so clearly, I don't. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he actually made a appearance in the WCW comic book. That great, uh, that was a Marvel comic book, wasn't it? It was, and it was terrible. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was around 1991. He uh, he had a rapper gimmick. He was a big, heavy set rapper. And it wasn't like um, what the kids would call a rapper today. It was more the colorful rapper of the 90s, kind of like uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, yeah. kind of. Yeah. He had, like, the uh, crazy-shaped glasses and weird things shaved into his head, and he wore a bunch of different colors. He wore kind of like a onesie with a different, almost like, a, like uh, when they would – tag tag like walls and stuff graffiti yeah so what was uh, notable about uh, pn news uh he was a uh, big heavy set guy i think he was he was pr- about 400 pounds and he could do moonsaults he was pretty athletic uh for his for his size uh he wasn't really known for being a great wrestler um in fact he injured a few guys uh, he injured, um, actually ended the career of the guy that we watched last week, the Angel of Death. He ended his career with his uh, finishing move during the match. Way to tie things together. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he splashed him on his uh, knees instead of his torso and just destroyed his knees. But, uh, yeah, he was going to feud with Steve Austin, but after he hurt, uh, that guy, they took him off TV and uh, nixed his feud with Steve Austin. Um, he did end up facing Steve Austin for the television title, but of course he didn't win it. Um, but then he pretty much after after he started hurting people, I think he became more of a joke. And just uh, they got rid of him. But yeah, he was in the... Uh, 
but he was one of the main featured guys in the WCW comic book at the time. Why? Uh, I think they really expected him to catch on with the kids. He was uh, so supposed to be like a one of the kid favorite characters, which because uh, I don't think they understood rap at the time. <laughs> <laughs> WCW understand rap, yeah. WCW had some crazy gimmicks at that time. I think we could probably do a gimmick of the day for WCW. I like that. We should set up a Twitter feed or an Instagram account. Hey, there you go. Yeah. And uh, do that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, PN News gimmick of the week for episode nine of Take Four Wrestling. Definitely check out some of his matches. Or don't. That's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this week we are talking about the first episode of Monday Nitro. Uh, I have very firm memories of this, even though I don't know that I've ever watched it. Because uh, <laughs> I've heard so many people talk about it over the years. Um, I was specifically watching it live. I was 14. I'm certain that I did. I would have been 16 at the time. Uh, I'm certain I watched it. Because didn't it take place the hour before Raw? Uh, yeah, I think it did. I I don't think they were going head to head right at first. In fact, yeah, because it was only an hour and they didn't start going head to head till after the NBA playoffs and they moved it to two hours. So the first hour they went unopposed. Then the second hour they went up against raw and then raw went another hour so they could go unopposed. Yeah. And of course, WSW followed them into three hours. Wow. That was crazy. <laughs> this was this was a very interesting time in wrestling. Like this was the bee's knees in wrestling. So leading up to this, the almost not quite mostly number one guy in the WWF had been Lex Luger, but they never put the belt on him and they never could quite commit. Yes. Uh, they, so he, they had some problems with him. I mean, they did the, apparently I didn't, I didn't know this. They did the Lex express where he was traveling around the country, meeting fans and whatever, but he did actually want to ride in the Lex express in the, in the, in the bus. He kind of wanted just to fly into the town and meet the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so he had, he had some, he had some, uh, reportedly he had some, uh, personality issues and, um, not necessarily the easiest guy to work with, not necessarily the best guy in the ring, uh, never quite lived up to his potential. Uh, so he didn't sign a new contract. He had he had committed to, said that he would, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so, because he was teaming with the British Bulldog at this time. Yeah, but then he happened to show up on the first episode of Monday Nitro. And, and I th yeah, I think he'd been in, in WWF the night before. Yeah, so this was the first episode, but that pretty much became the shtick for Nitro for a long time. <laughs> yeah, Nitro, uh, I think there was, what, three surprises on this show? Like, people just showed up. Yeah. It was uh it was interesting. So, but I just I just want to I want to leave that there and we'll we'll rejoin that here in a couple of minutes. The first match on the card uh was uh Flying Brian Pillman versus Jushin Thunder Liger, which is not a match you would see on really see on Raw at that time. 
Yeah, WCW really did it, had 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 it really good with the cruiserweights. Yeah, WCW uh, pretty much are the reason why cruiserweights are are big now. Yeah, of course they're not just cruiserweights and they're just part of the roster. But uh, WWF tried to like they tried to bring in um, luchador wrestlers, and of course WCW had already gotten all the good ones. I think. Yeah. Well, so WCW really tried to differentiate itself. Uh, yeah. From WWF. So if I remember correctly, there was a Los Angeles uh, lucha libre style cruiserweight event. And Eric Bischoff was in attendance, and he saw the type of work that these guys could do. So he uh, started pursuing that kind of talent to, you know, to be on WCW TV to, to really again differentiate it themselves from WWF. And the fact that they led off the first episode of Nitro with a what is effectively a cruiserweight match, maybe not a cruiserweight match as we would think of it today, but a cruiserweight match says a lot. Well, they had a really good working relationship with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, too. Yeah, and Jushin Tutter Liger, even at this point, was a legend, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, he was – I don't think he was great Muda level, uh, but no, no. he was definitely up there like something special whenever he showed up. And he did the favor to Brian Pillman. Yeah, actually, yeah, I'd forgot Brian Pillman went over in this match. I was – it kind of surprised me. And like a year later, Brian Pillman would be in the WWF. Uh, yeah, pretty shortly after this. Yeah, I think it was less than a year. Yeah, he was he, he was injured, had surgery, and um, ended up. Uh, he went crazy. And, yeah. <laughs> supposedly that was all work. I'm certain it was. Like he he was uh, completely in character mode the whole time. Yeah. And uh, but that was pretty cool. That that should be something we should talk about later too. At some point, yeah. But uh. Interesting guy, but a great match. It was a, a solid match. I mean, mm-hmm. high star scale, three and a half. It was a good match, especially for a TV match. Oh, yeah, definitely. They were uh, definitely trying to come up with a way to get the uh, get the viewers right off the bat. Uh, that's That was the one good thing about Eric Bischoff. Like, he would try things. And uh, at this point, WWF was pretty stagnant. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And they got, uh, I think, with Eric Bischoff trying new things, that led to Vince McMahon just saying, okay, let's try this. Yeah, you know? so they did the first episode in the Mall of America. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it had, an, it had an interesting look. Uh, it was something that set itself apart from WWF. You wouldn't see that sort of thing on you know Monday Night, Monday Night Raw. Uh, like the most unique uh, thing you would ever see on Raw would be like the when they did that, what the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. Uh, so, which I enjoyed those shows, but um, that was uh, really the only time uh, Raw looked, uh, you know, noticeably different. But, um, but yeah, a good match. I enjoyed it. And let's see here. It, the second, ma- actually, after, was it this after this match that they went to Postamania for that uh, segment <laughs> with Hogan? Yeah. I didn't even yeah, remember that. Sure. I didn't even remember that. <laughs> but I knew that when we talked about this, uh, you were all about this just because of Postamania. Oh yeah, that's that was one of the things I remember. Like the takeaway was Pasta Mania, and um, I Pasta Mania didn't op- stay open very long, but uh, I just loved like how Hulk Hogan was talking about like oodles, like all oh, the oodles gonna I'm gonna Hulk Hogan's eating his pasta and he's gonna be strong just like all these Pasta Maniacs. Like he was selling it hardcore, <laughs> and all the he's like, who's the best wrestler? And you. they're all like Hulk Hogan. Yep. 
<laughs> he was champion at this time. So, that, you know, I mean, he was still relatively young. He was probably, what, early 40s? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was still, uh, wasn't really in his prime, but. No. But, I mean, he, the style of wrestling. The style of wrestling he did, though, uh, he his matches were pretty much as good then as they, you know, were early on. But uh, yeah, yeah so that was a, that was a, that was a neat segment. Yeah, uh, pasta pasta mania is actually a uh, now a casual restaurant chain in Singapore, in India, and the Middle East. Really? Uh, yeah, Hulk Hogan doesn't, of course, own it anymore. But <laughs> that's funny. But uh, yeah, I don't even think is the. Have you ever been to the Mall of America? No. I've I always wanted to go there, but I'm not sure if it's still around. I'm certain it is. So I know uh, malls aren't doing real great right now. That's true. Uh, next match, ironically enough, it's the second match in Nitro history, and it would actually be the last match in Nitro history. Uh, Ric Flair versus Sting. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, I, I didn't put that together before. But if you think about it, that was the only match from Nitro, the first Nitro that they could have on the last Nitro. Oh yeah, um, I mean absolutely. I mean it's not like it's not like they they saw it out because it was like <laughs> bookends with Nitro. It was because with the guys left, it was the most yeah. classic match that you could have. I mean, uh, last on the last Nitro, I mean Rick basically wrestled with the shirt on and everything. I mean he wasn't ready to he wasn't ready to wrestle, uh, but because of uh, the fact that um, you know Shane McMahon showed up and. They were, close, you know, shutting down the doors. That's that's the match they wanted to have. So that's the match they did. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this was, of course, Rick. This was uh, six years or so uh, before that, and uh, but Rick looked so much younger in '95 as as compared to where he was, like in 2001. Oh, definitely. Uh, he had he had kind of like a bowl cut. Um, he still had that ugly haircut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, '90s '90s flair. But um, he was still bumping, bumping like crazy. Sting did um, about four or five gorilla press slams in this match. I noticed. I mean, they both look good. I'm not a big Sting. Oh yeah, fan. I've never been a big Sting fan. I don't. I I don't think he's that great of a wrestler. I don't think that he's a great interview. But I mean, the one thing that you can respect about Sting though is his. Um, his dedication to to wrestling and uh, the fact that he, he was loyal to the cause, and he was really the franchise guy for WCW, and um, but it all in all it, it was it was a pretty good match, but Luger showed up in the course of this match. <laughs> yeah, that's where Eric Bischoff. Hey, get the camera off that guy! Get, and get that camera off. And the thing is. Looking back at it now, he just looked confused. <laughs> yeah, he just accidentally wandered out there. It looked like it looked like it looked like he wasn't even like he didn't even know what he was doing there. I mean, of course, he, <laughs> he was on WWF uh, on a WWF show like the day before, but it's just sort of interesting. Apparently, apparently, he went back uh, to WCW uh, at a much lower rate than he had left. Uh, apparently, he just wanted a chance to come back in. And uh, sort of make amends is what I've heard. Uh, like Bischoff, like lowballed him apparently on the contract, and he took it. Yeah. And of course, he was making more money in the WWF, and of course, I like with merch sales and everything. I'm certain he was doing really well, but he just wanted a chance to pretty much start over. And um, I, I think what happened was he just happened to be at the mall and he was looking for the <laughs> Pack Sun. 
<laughs> Probably. He just showed up. And they're like, hey, why don't you come back? He's like, okay. But it ended up just being a, a confusing deal. Uh, <laughs> but the match itself, uh, Luger didn't interfere. The person who interfered was Arn Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that brought back memories of um, – because I had almost forgotten about that whole little deal there where uh, Arn Anderson and Ric Flair were feuding. Yeah, and the one thing I found interesting about this, it just didn't click. They rang the bell when Arn got into the ring. He didn't actually physically interfere. <laughs> he just he just got in the ring, they, and the uh, ref called the match, which yeah. I like because, you know. Uh, yeah, I, that's really how it should be. It should, it's how it should think be. Think about it, yeah. It's kind of like, why it's, would it's, you it's, wait? It's, yeah, it's a performance. So, like, if something happens and I get distracted, call the match. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Luger basically said that he, uh, oh, God, I, like, I don't even remember. Like, I just watched it this morning. But it, it was basically he just said that he wanted to, um, he, he, all, he almost said this is where the big boys play, which is kind of like uh, where what WCW's um, uh, tagline was for a while. I don't remember. I think it was before that. But I think they were starting to say it at this point because he said he was sick of playing with little kids and he yeah. wanted to come where the big boys played. And at this point, I mean, WWF uh, was featuring, you know, smaller guys, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, uh, yeah. Owen Hart, guys like that. And, of course, the big names from WWF had shown up in WCW. So, Yeah, because um, by this point, I think they had Hacksaw, um, of course, Big Boss Man. Oh, yeah, he was uh, in the main Hulk event. Hogan, Macho Man. Um, I mean, there's tons of them that went through uh, WCW at this time. I think Hoggy Dog Man was already there and gone. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they had some. They they were just pretty much doing like uh, '80s WWF, late '80s. But it worked for them. It uh, got them noticed, and then uh, once the NWO came in, it just blew up, blew up on them. Yeah. But I think uh, this was like the creation of shock TV for wrestling. Yeah. And that's what Eric Bischoff tried to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see here. So what was the next match? I've already blinked out. Well, it was uh, we already went to the main event, but we but we got um, Scott Norton coming down and demanding a match. Oh, he didn't. I I thought Scott Norton interfered. So he just showed up. Yeah, he just uh, showed kind of like Lex Luger. The it, uh, security wasn't very good that night. No, but uh, 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 Doug Dillinger uh, needed uh, probably he had the week off. <laughs> but yeah, Scott Norton uh, came out and was yelling at Bischoff, and Macho Man came out and challenged him to a match. Which uh, I was, I was a big Scott Norton fan. I, I a lot of people I don't like Scott Norton. I, you know, not really necessarily one of my favorites, but I, I get it. Well, he's just he's he was more of a throwback uh, of the big, just scary guys, and he he looked like a legitimate tough guy. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he was real big uh, uh, over in Japan. Uh, but, there, go ahead. But they also did a. Uh, this was the return of Michael Wall Street. Yes, and he. Uh, I was, yeah, in in his promo, he said the IRS may be looking for me, but. <laughs> I'm like, oh god! It was it was a pretty bad promo. It was a bad promo, <laughs> definitely uh, scripted. And he didn't become much more a, of a jobber than after that. I know. Uh, I loved it when he joined uh, NWO. He was trying to look cool, <laughs> wearing his sunglasses. God, but yeah, I think 
he came in as Mike uh, Michael uh, Wall Street initially, but I think they changed it pretty quickly to VK Wall Street after Vincent McMahon. Gotcha. But uh, but yeah, the uh, this was also the debut we forgot to mention of Steve Mongo McMichaels. I I didn't forget. <laughs> I'm not a Mongo fan. I I, no. I I don't I never cared for his commentary. I never cared for his ring work. Uh, I know Ric Flair loves the guy to death, but like I I just not I'm not a Mongo fan. Never have been. Never will be. I didn't like his commentary, but I did like his wrestling. Like um, I I thought he was cool. Uh, I don't know if I would necessarily today, but I think just being a kid, yeah, I thought he was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he was horrible on commentary. Like uh, he kept trying to call Bobby Heenan different names. Like, yeah. And I just wanted to punch him for making fun of poor Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was calling a what do you call him? Uh, Bobby the Bobby Hernia. Yeah. It was like some lame name like that. All the Bobby lame. The thing that the thing is I do appreciate about uh, about him is that he was <laughs> Mongo wasn't playing a gimmick. Apparently that's just what he is. That's who, yeah. So I mean that 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 in and of itself is kind of funny. But, and his dog was really cute. Yeah, his dog was really cute. Uh, he had the little outfits. I thought that was cool. He, interesting guy. I really liked the interview that he did with Ric Flair on Ric Flair's old podcast that he did with uh, CBS. So if, if that's still on the internet, that's definitely worth listening to. But yeah, Steve Mongo, Michael, he debuted. <laughs> uh, main event was uh, Hulk Hogan versus Big Bubba Rogers. And I know that that he started off as Big Bubba Rogers but the look and the character is, you know, he, he's a big boss man to me, being a WWF kid. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. I just – I never liked the look of Big Bubba. And especially especially at this point, given his build and everything, he just – in that suit and that gimmick uh, with, like, the pinstripe shirt and everything, it just looked off. When he was younger, he pulled it off a little better. But here, it just – I'm like, that's the big boss man. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely, definitely better known as the big boss man. And it's it's almost hard to believe that he had a completely new run as big boss man after this. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, it was probably it was up there with his first run. Um, he had a lot of success with that. Mm-hmm. He was a great. But, ta- he was a great talent. Yeah, it's it's a shame he's gone. I know because he was he was just awesome. He was. I. Uh, I like listening when Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette talks about him, how um, Dusty Rhodes saw him and pretty much in less than six months put him as one of the top guys in the company Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just because he was so talented. And I think it was because he took a uh, slingshot suplex from Totally Blanchard. And he uh, Dusty knew if he was talented enough to take that move that he could be a big star and uh, Dusty really uh, put him over. I think he beat Dusty Rhodes too in a match. Yeah, I think he did. But yeah, Big Bubba uh, versus Hulk Hogan. I mean, that was a pretty big time main event, especially at this point. I mean, you put your heavyweight champion in the main event of uh, like a weekly show that wasn't done as often back then as it is. Oh, now. Yeah. yeah, they did. They hardly ever had, Hulk Hogan on TV back then. I mean, Raw at this point still had jobber matches, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they did at this point. I think they were still doing the jobber matches. Um, 
I kind of wish they'd, well, I think they are starting to bring that back, yeah, but they are. I think that's something that needs to be, because I don't think a, a wrestler should wrestle or a champion should really defend his title on a weekly show that often. Uh, absolutely not. And I don't think that every match should be, uh, a, you know, like what would all in the back in the day be a pay-per-view or a main or a high profile match because it leads to this like 50, 50 booking that they do now, which is painful. Well, if you think about it, um, I mean, uh, at, at this point, like, because Sting was the U.S. champion, and then they had a world heavyweight champion with Hulk Hogan. That was that may be the norm today, but you didn't see those titles defended on weekly shows. No, that's what you had the yeah. champion for. Yeah, and he wasn't even on it. Nope. Did you notice that the uh, tag team champions at this time um, they they mentioned Dirty Dick Slater as one half of the tag team champions? No, I didn't notice that. I had no idea him and Bunkhouse Buck were tag team champions at this time, but it was uh, something to do. Like it was in between like Harlem heat and um, I think they like Harlem heat beat him at fall brawl at the pay-per-view for the tag titles. Funny enough, but, uh, Bunkhouse Buck, I'd heard Jim Cornette mention recently. It may have been at the mid Atlantic fan fest, but uh, Bunkhouse Buck had already had like a career of like 20 years at that point uh, before this. And uh, f- funny enough, uh, Jim Cornette uh, gave him a job at, in I guess it was um, Smoky Mountain, thinking he was going to just end his career there. But he ended <laughs> up having a, he ended up changing gimmicks, becoming Bunkhouse Buck, and went on for another 20 plus years. I think he actually still makes appearances. Yeah, he was known as uh, Jimmy Golden. Yeah. Uh, before that. I'm just reading here. He was just recently in WWE as a Jack Swagger senior. Funny. That's awesome. He was the, I'm going to have to look that up. I didn't know that, but yeah, he was cousins with uh, Robert and Ron Fuller too. Mm -hmm. He, um, and of course, Robert Fuller was uh, Robert Parker for anybody that remembers him. But um, yeah, I didn't even know they were tag team champions at this time. Yeah. But uh, so with the main event, Hogan, Big Bubba, uh, what'd you think? It was definitely a Hulk Hogan match. <laughs> um, it was everything Hulk Hogan needed to be. That's what, uh, of course, Big Bubba took over. And uh, it was actually a lot more back and forth than a usual Hulk Hogan match. Because uh, usually Hulk Hogan just took he- all the heat and didn't really make too many uh, comebacks during the middle of the match. But um I mean, of course, it ended with him hogging up and three punches, big boot, and a leg drop. And uh, I I did think it was like he was like on top of Bubba punching him, and the referee grabbed Hulk Hogan's hair and pulled him back. And Hulk Hogan let out like a, like a, a scream. I thought that was odd. That was an odd spot in the match. So uh, how did they finish this off? I mean, so was there a I, – I forgot how the, the match finished or re- resolved itself. Oh, it was just uh, Big Bubba hit the the Bubba slam, and uh, Hulk Hogan kicked up and. So it was a clean. Hulk. It was a clean finish. Yeah, yeah, it was all clean. So there was no uh, th- like DQ or any. There's no uh, run in or anything because my mind when I think of Nitro, <laughs> I think of run ins. Yeah, every match was a run in pretty much. Uh, no, they hadn't started that yet. Okay, because so I watched this this morning and I'm like, I know something crazy had to happen. But no, nothing crazy happened. <laughs> nope, it was just a regular match. Of course, Lex Luger came out after the match. And he challenged Hogan. And, yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
And then, um, of course, Sting and uh, Macho Man came out to separate them because they were all buddies at this time. Um, but originally, it was going to be the second, ma- the main event of the second Nitro was going to be Hulk Hogan versus Vader. And that never happened. Yeah, um, Vader was actually featured in the opening of this Nitro, but he never actually appeared on a Nitro because he had uh, that backstage incident with Paul Orndorff. Oh, and Orndorff, uh, Orndorff took him down. Yeah, and was like kicking him with flip flops on, like in a, in a hotel. Something. Yeah, that was that story is <laughs> awesome. I mean, Paul Orndorff was a tough. I mean, Vader was a powerful dude. Oh yeah, but I wouldn't. Pa- he, yeah, Vader's but, horrible. But pa- but Paul Orndorff with his one bad arm just <laughs> made made him look like a child. Yeah, Vader po- uh, popped his own eyeball back in in the middle of the match and finished the match. Stan Hansen, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's tough. I mean, so, like, like I've stood beside a Vader. He's a giant. Yeah. But Paul Orndorff, uh, yeah, just that's awesome. That is so awesome. I love that story. <laughs> I, I've never had a chance to actually speak to Paul Orndorff. Uh, I would love to actually hear. Does he actually talk about that on a shoot interview anywhere? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. I I can't remember who was talking about it. I don't know if it was Jim Cornette or because he wasn't actually there. No, it was a, it was in a hotel if I remember correctly. Yeah, but I'm gonna have to talk to. Maybe he does talk about that. I'll uh, see if I can find that. Maybe we can post it up on on uh, the site or something, or I'll post yeah. it on my site. Yeah, do that. But yeah, uh, I, wrestlers now kind of boring. They just want to play their PlayStation. Yada yada yada. Yeah, they don't have as much. Uh, well, of course, yeah, there's not as much crazy stuff going on back then. So, let's see. Overall, what did you think? Uh, I remember being very excited for this show, and I remember being loving the show when it first came on. Um, and I think it, I mean, it was, if you think about it, that was a, it was a big, big to do. Absolutely. When it first started. Absolutely it was. Um, they took some shots at, uh, WWF and before that you never heard either company even talk about each other nope. and uh, this was the first time they started taking shots at each other I mean this started off one of the biggest resurgences in wrestling yeah I don't think I don't think the the Attitude Era was necessarily the biggest period in wrestling um, I think it was a, a high point in, in terms of uh, dollars Yeah, but um I think the Attitude Era seems so big because the WWF and uh, WCW were at such a low point prior to it. Yeah, yeah, because wrestling was really low before this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there was it. I still watched it religiously, but I don't think hardly anybody else did. I did. Yeah, I, I absolutely. It was me did. and you. Yeah, me and you were watching. That was about it. And, uh, my friends, uh, Jason, Ricky, and Chris. Okay. Speaking of the Attitude Era, let's watch uh, an episode of Monday Night Raw next week. And this was one that you suggested, which is uh, April 26th, 1999, uh, which featured the wedding between Stephanie McMahon and The Undertaker. That's right. That was uh, That's one vividly in my mind. I remember that. Didn't they have to issue an apology after this or something? I believe so. I believe that, that was. so awesome. <laughs> It was a little too edgy for the time. Because Stephanie got crucified. Yeah. And she was going to get raped, too. Oh, God. I mean, that's just because he was going to. That was a natural byproduct. She wasn't. uh, Yeah. 
was, she was she was not consenting. So yes, she was going to have. Uh, they were going to put the Undertaker's baby in her. Thank Which... God they don't do crap like that anymore. <laughs> it would blow people's mind if they did that. Stuff. As a teenager, no. Yeah, I was still a teenager at this point. As a teenager. Uh, it was like, uh, I didn't think about it, but as an adult today, I would watch this and I would just, just, I, I couldn't do it, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, as a teenager, it was awesome. It was like, Oh yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so crazy. Okay. So JT, how do people get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me at uh www.tfradio.net slash. H O G G, and you say the second G with a smile. I'm saying That'll, with a smile. Well, you better. You can't get there. That's I, the only way to get there. That's the only way. It, it directs you to another website if you're not smiling when it, you type it in. That's that's true. That takes you to your <laughs> Facebook fan page. Uh, it's just a shortcut uh, that I throw in there because I love putting shortcuts on my website because when I finally migrate to a new platform, nothing will work. It's <laughs> just how I roll. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can pick up. Uh, you can buy shirts, uh, little stuffed pigs. You can catch up on my wrestling. Uh, you can see my most recent match I had where I was on uh, Team Boogie with uh, Boogie Woogie, Jimmy Valiant. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's on there. Uh, and it was uh, it was a fun match. It was cool to meet him. He was a cool dude. That is so great. But, uh, yeah, I, I usually put my uh, upcoming dates to see if uh, you can come see me wrestle in a town near you if you live in uh, either West Virginia or Ohio, because I don't make it much past there anymore. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, you can find all of the podcasts that we do at facebook.com slash TF radio, or follow us on Twitter at TF radio. There you see uh, things, uh, podcasts about Transformers, uh, Tokusatsu, Star Trek, Power Rangers, uh, wrestling now, uh, and other stuff. So we do a lot of stuff, tfradio.net, facebook.com slash TF radio at TF Radio on Twitter. You can follow me personally on Twitter at BKilby at B-K-I-L-B-Y or you can follow me on Facebook uh, at uh, facebook.com slash Brian Kilby B-R-I-A-N-K-I-L-B-Y That's pretty much it. Okay, JT, any parting words for our fans? Well, I just hope everybody's enjoying the show and make sure you guys go out to Target to pick up the WWE Hall of Fame retro WCW ring with an exclusive Dusty Rhodes figure. I have it and I love it. You can actually buy it on Amazon. So if you go to tfradio.amazon, tfradio slash <laughs> tfradio, tfradio.net slash Amazon. You're so close. <laughs> I know. It's, it's have almost you there. used the internet? Do they have that in uh, Hogville or wherever <laughs> you, you're from? We don't have great internet here up here in the Ozark Mountains, I got to tell you. I'm new to these uh, computers, so you can get that. You can get that on Amazon, really. Uh huh. It's uh seventy dollars and twenty cents, but you can still get it. Oh, uh, you know, if you want to buy it, that's great. You can also go to Target and get it for like forty bucks. Yeah, but if you buy it on Amazon, you can help out uh, Brian Kilby uh, and do a free Cybertron podcast. Hey, there's another ring. I didn't know this one. Uh, there's one uh, for twenty two dollars. It doesn't come with Dusty Roads, but it's a nice looking ring. Uh, I, I should, you know, I, I love collecting toys and stuff. So I already have the other ring, but that one's kind of awesome. It has a ring skirt and everything. Well, ring skirts, those are pretty, always pretty nice. Yeah. 
Oh, that is pretty cool. Oh, it's cheap too. Yeah, actually, wow. actually, I think that's just the the skirt and the and the uh, mat. The oh. ring's not included. So if you have the uh, other ring, that would work. Never mind. Yeah, I, I think that's the elite scale ring. Yeah, I'm sad. Oh, that is. I was I was actually going to buy that because that's really cheap for that. Yeah. Uh, that's false advertisement. No, it's not. It clearly says it doesn't include the ring. Oh, okay. Uh, tfradio.net slash Amazon. You can do all your Amazon.com shopping, and it would help us out. Okay. And, of course, speaking of helping us out, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. It would help us out a lot, and we could really use your help. That's, and we'll uh, we'll listen to all suggestions, too. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you tell us to shut up, then we're not going to listen to that. Uh, if enough people tell us to shut up, maybe we will. <laughs> but they have to use tfradio.net slash Amazon. That's right. Okay, JT, I will catch you next week. Have a good one, buddy. You too. We'll see you later.